take this one? Actually, I think it's your turn to say it and me to say the title or whatever. Oh, okay. I don't think it really matters, but... Okay. Let me get this open so I can... Welcome to another episode of Eat Shit and Dice, a fortnightly podcast about board games and sometimes food. I'm Jared, and with me as always is Oh, that's me. John D. <laughs> yeah, that's you. Yep. So this week we're talking about like totally 80s or whatever. Oh my god, gag me with a spoon. <laughs> that's not on here. I just I had to throw that in. Um so Basically, this episode is going to be, um, well, actually, I'm looking at it. It's a lot of it is games that we've all played. Pretty much. I mean, there's a few that are like. Well, yeah. I mean, once you get down here, there's like, oh, what are those? I've got one of those, too. You sure do. You <laughs> sure do. But we've got a lot of games that we just wanted to do, like, games from our childhood that we remember. So, like, 70s and 80s and 90s games. Yeah. Which I realize is a large amount of time. Um, like basically just, but like if a game came out in like 79, well, my weird one is actually, I found out a 1960s game, well, see, there but you I go. remember it from when I was a kid. So, okay. Well, I guess which was a dinosaur age uh, according to you. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's what the, the last one here on right. uh, pointing at my screen. Like you can see it. Um, okay. Uh, I do want to just at the top of this, um, so the, the computer that we're using is still having some USB issues. I fixed most of them, but there might be some weird audio here and there, and I want to apologize for that at the beginning. I ordered a new part because all of the computer stores in town looked at me like I was trying to order something really weird. <laughs> I, I was like, hey, I need a Firewire PCI card. And one guy said, Firewire? Oh my God, are you kidding me? <sighs> Welcome to living in Podunk Midwest. It's not that. It's not that Podunk. It's it just, isn't. It's just weird that we don't have any good computers. Well, stores, it's not that weird. I mean, FireWire in 2018 is not something that you do. So I wasn't. I wasn't expecting. But on their website, they said they had one in stock. So I went there, and, they and the guy was like, "Oh, I haven't had one of those forever." And I was like, "Okay, well, on your website." Uh, and he was like, "Oh, it must be a problem with the inventory on the website." Okay. Okay. Fix it. Yeah. And then he went back to talking to two of his friends that, I don't know. Anyway, uh, okay. Great customer service yeah. there. Well, you know, there are three legs to business. Customer service, price, and product selection. You can't have all three. Okay. That That is an analogy that has been told to me by a person who is not in charge of me anymore. But every time they said that, I was like, that doesn't, that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. If business is a three-legged stool and you can't... I understand what you think you're trying to say is that it's a balance between a three-legged stool, a balance of those three things. But when you say you can't have all three of those... <laughs> that, now, think about that. Think about what I think the analogy is supposed to be is a three-legged stool. You have to have a balance of customer service, price, right. and product selection. Right. Not you can't have all three of those. Yeah. Because then it's a three-legged stool that falls over. Uh, yeah. Anyway. That says a lot about whatever <laughs> place you used to work. You know where I'm talking I do. about. All right. Let's talk about the game of life. Yes. So I, I imagine a lot of people re recall playing this game. It is technically a roll and move. Technically, yeah. So um, this is so many of you have heard us say every game is a role-playing game if you try hard enough. And before I even knew what a role-playing game was i was role-playing this game like when we when i was kid when i was kid my friends when and i you were kid when i blah 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 so my friends and i would actually kind of like play this out like we would talk for the mom and talk for the dad and um this says a lot about what we saw on tv but we would have like the mom and dad like yelling at the kids in the back seat when they were like you know, when you when your when your family would start having all the kids. So this is a lot about the TV families that would we would see on television because they'd be yelling at the kids in the station wagon. Yeah, I didn't do that. I just you just played the played game. the game. Yeah, well, when I was like ten years old, I didn't think about that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, I we thought did. about like actually 
So the version of the game that we had, you could not put it back in the box unless you took it. But although um, we would get really excited about like whatever profession that we would end up with. And um, yeah, I remember really liking the game as a kid. Um, I all, but I don't remember if I, how often we actually ever got a full game. Like, well, right. It took hours. It did. Um, but I do very clearly remember like actually, you know, playing like, you know, having the mom and dad talk to each other and, you know. You know, actually a lot of these are rolling moves. Yeah. I think that was an 80s, 80s <laughs> thing. Really? Well, you know, I mean, that's just how games were back then. Oh, whoa. Okay, there we go. Let me try that. Okay. Well, I'm going to do mine a little bit a different order because I was just typing them as I remembered. I was just typing mine as I remember too. Um, kind of. Did you ever play? I know we've talked about it. Did you ever play Hero Quest? No. Um, I have seen it, but I have not played it. Okay. So Hero Quest is one of those dungeon dungeon and I, I want to say it was made as a direct like oh playing game called Dungeons and Dragons that all the kids are playing we should cash in on that so it's a it's a dungeon delve in a box kind of game um, there was light but I don't I don't know that it really was a threat to Dungeons Dungeons and Dragons but I do know that a lot of people played this game. And I think you can get like a Spanish bootleg version of it. Oh, jeez. No, no, no. Okay, so what happened was they they wanted to do a Kickstarter for like a 25th anniversary edition of this game. Mm -hmm. And Kickstarter shut them down because they didn't have the rights. Mm. But you can still get it. Like if you go to their website and I... HeroQuest 25th anniversary. Let's just Google that. Um, HeroQuestClassic.com. I cannot speak to this. I don't know if this is a scam. I don't know if this is if this is legit. If you actually order it, you'll get it. Uh, I mean, there's video of them. There's a lot of pictures of the product, but I don't think it's an official version. I don't think that you should order it. But having said that, I'm not your dad. I can't tell you how to spend your money. If you do want to order if you do they're not you gonna give me get any it, money um tell jared how it turned out <laughs> yeah because i i backed that that 25th anniversary kickstarter before it was shut down because i'm a bazillion of them what do you think about that um i think that's a real number probably not but i, I bet they made a lot of expansions yeah oh yeah there there were I think three big box expansions and then um, they published some in White Dwarf magazine. Mm -hmm. So you wanted to get some new campaigns, you buy that magazine. Uh, there was also one that was in a Marvel comic. Hmm. Yeah. But okay. Anyway, um, it's, I don't know what else I can say about it. If you know about HeroQuest, you know about HeroQuest. If you don't know about HeroQuest... Um, then you know about it now. Then I guess you know that it exists. We didn't really talk about it, but it's it's a lighter version of Dungeons & Dragons in a box. Cool. Do you own it? Yes. I don't own my original copy anymore. Mm -hmm. I have a copy that one of my friends gave me. Mm -hmm. um, it is... We should play it sometime. I'm trying to remember where it is. I think it's in the basement. Well, you might find it when you move to I will house. find it when <laughs> I will find it when I move. <laughs> so, um, I recall playing the game of Cootie. Yeah. So, um, I find sometimes when I mention the game, a lot of people are like, that was actually a game. I used to just play with the bugs. So I find that is a very common response when I mention that game. It's not a good game. Um, I enjoyed it as a kid, but it was one of the few games that my grandmother would actually play with us because my grandmother was very much the kind of person that did not feel that she needed to play with the grandchildren. She, she just wasn't the kind of person that played with her grandchildren. Like, the grandchildren come over to her house, but she didn't really play with us at all, like her thing. But she actually would sit down and play cooties with us. So I actually kind of enjoyed doing that. But for those of you that haven't played cooties... Um, 
don't. <laughs> if you haven't, if you have not played as an these, adult, don't. don't. If you have um, like a three year old with little kids, like sure, it, it it it's like these little oblong. They're bugs, and they have like these. I like, think they're six supposed legs. to be like ants. I don't know. I they're, well, they're they're, they're cooties. Bugs. Oh my gosh! It has. A, I just sorry. I had to look it up. It has a three point three on BGG. It does. It has a really low rating on BGG. Yeah, don't but, play this game. Yeah, it's it's these. They have six legs and they have like antennas and like this tongue. It's from nineteen twenty seven. It is. It's a really old game. It was probably. Oh, you know what? I have played at my grandparents' house a wood. Yeah, it was originally. Wood yeah. So I had forgotten about you that. roll I dice. It. It's base. It's kind of a roll and move. Only you aren't moving it's pieces. A roll and take. Yeah. So you're rolling pieces, and you have to you get your your body parts based on the die that you roll, and you have to get your your body parts in a certain order. So it's really all about getting your cootie put together first. So it's great for really little kids, but if you haven't played the game before, unless you're playing with a really little kid, yeah, just skip just skip this one. If you're an adult, just just Don't. skip it, yeah. Uh, did they think in 1927 that cooties were real? Uh, I don't think so. No, because on the Wikipedia, it says the game, uh, the entomology of the game is that um, the... It says the earliest recorded use of the word cootie appears in Albert N. DePew's World War I memoir... Gunner DePew, he says, quote, of course, you know what the word cooties means when you get near the trenches and you get you get a course in the natural history of bugs, lice, rats and every kind of pest that has oh. ever been invented. OK, so, yes, I mean, it this was is just, before you could get cooties from kissing girls, from kissing girls. It was just like right. a word for all the creepy crawlies. OK, well, um, yeah, don't play this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. I don't know, John D. I feel like my childhood was was enriched by board games more than more than some people's. Um, if all you the games that John D. has mentioned so far, like Cooties, um, Gamely Risk, maybe Clue, even even back then, like I know we like to say how much better board games are now, but even then they were cool games. Right, sure, right. a lot of them were still rolling moves, like uh, Key to the Kingdom. Every time I talk about this game, people are like. I've never heard of that game. I have, I have never heard of that game. It was a game. It was a roll and move game. Sorry, there were. I don't know that. Oh. <laughs> Apparently, Alexa has oh. does not. Know game okay, either. I don't know if that'll pick up, but my Amazon Echo just decided to tell me that it didn't know what we were talking about. <laughs> uh, it it also has never heard of this game. It has not. Uh, okay, so there were portals and like. They were these plastic circles that went through the board to the other side of the board. Okay. So you could go through them, and you would fold the board over. Like a Stargate. Sort of, yeah. One side of the board, you could go through, boop, 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 and then the board would fold when you're in the whirlpool to the uh, another side of the board. And there's rules for what happens if you get squished by the board. You know, you don't just... Your, your guy doesn't die or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that was the most unique part about this game, was that the board would move. Um, it was also kind of a, an adventure game. You had uh, equipment cards that you needed to either defeat monsters or defeat traps. Okay. You could, you could lose them. Um, you'd have to recollect them from the board. But yeah, the, the most... I would say the most standout thing about this game is that, that in fact, you would fold the board in half to go through. I mean, that through. sounds really cool. Uh, it does sound really cool. Um, in practice, though, mm, not not as functional as you would like for it to be. Right. I mean, I just find myself wondering if somebody came up with a mechanic similar to that now and put it into, you know, the kinds of designs that people come up with now that... Oh, yeah. You know, you might come up with... I mean, you, you might find some really interesting games now. If somebody nowadays said, hey, I played this game. Do you remember Key to the Kingdom? And then, then they took what they remember from that game and design something new. Yeah. Like restoration. So they were redoing dark tower. Right. Next. Right. I heard. So I heard. they just, uh, I believe it's about to go to fulfillment. Um, fireball Island. Right. Right. So if they did key to the kingdom, I bet they could reinvent it somehow and still keep that, that main mechanic of the board folding somehow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know, but um, you should definitely check this out. At least look at some pictures of the board because it's. I we, don't we know can of another game that's done this. We put some links um, with our episode to some pictures of the board. Or I could go find my copy of the game and we could post them. We could on our um, Instagram. Yeah. Mm, I think my copy of Key to the Kingdom is in storage, but it might be here in the basement. So maybe in the next week or so, we'll see if we maybe. can't. Maybe. At some point, at some point, we will find it. And be like, hey, remember that one time when we talked about that one game? Yeah. Yeah. So my next one actually was a game that came out. Um, when I looked it up today, it turns out this game came out in like 19, yeah, 1960. So it is not a um, 1980s game. And it has a really low rating on BGG, which is I, which I get why I don't recall it being oh, a particularly good yes, game. Yes, that is low. Um, but I do, it is a game that I played as a kid. And I recall it uh, quite well because I played it a lot as a kid. And it's another one of those games that apparently was quite the little role player as a kid. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. So this one is called Ten Commandments Bible Game. And I think my parents probably found this at like a Goodwill and picked it up. And my best friend and I used to play it all the time. And it had like these little... Wait, when you were a child or... What did I say? That you and your best friend used to play it all the time. Yeah, when I was a kid. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that it wasn't like you and Laura no. hanging out in college playing this. God, no. I haven't even seen this game since I was probably in third grade. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know what happened to it. Mm, um, that's probably for the best. Probably. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I just want to... If, if you are from a strongly religious family, I'm not making fun of Christianity no. or anything like that. I'm making fun but of the fact game, that it has a 4.8 rating on BGG. This game looks awful. Yeah. Like it has there nothing are, to do with the Bible. No, I, there are legitimately... <laughs> this game does not have anything to do with there it. There are legitimately decent... Christian games, um, religious games out on the market. This is yeah. not one of them. Kenneth Spond, if you're listening to this podcast, you did tweet at us. Yeah, Tell us some art. of those good games. Um, what was the name of that game that he did? I don't know. It, um, but no. So Ten Commandments, the Bible commissioned. Game. Um. Yeah. So this game, I remember. It's. I mean, it's a roll and move. I vaguely remember that about it it's a i do also remember now that i'm looking at it it's like one of the it's a spin and move not a roll and move because it mm. had a spinner same thing well i mean it did introduce me to the concept apparently of pick up and deliver I guess. and set collection i guess um yeah it's still it's a monopoly board with yeah it is okay yeah okay your cat is going crazy i know she, she yeah um but else restoration games should take a hold of what? The Omega Virus. I've never heard of that either. Um, this was one of the first electronic games that I played. I have two copies of this because I picked one up at like a Goodwill mm, within the past 10 years. Because mm -hmm. I know I'm missing parts from my original. I just don't know what I'm missing. Maybe I'll go through and figure that out at some point. Um, but, but so the way this worked is there was this like little computer in the middle of the board. I'm sorry, I should explain it. You're on a space station. A virus has come from, you know, whatever. Uh, the Omega virus is the name of the virus and the game. I figured. So you have to use that computer that's in the middle of the board, which would be perfect nowadays to remake as a cell phone app. Um, and you have to guards to open doors to get weapons to locate and destroy the Omega virus. So the little computer in the middle of the game just taunts you. And you just have to kind of move around into where the virus is. Um, it's not a great game. But, you know, it's one of those early electronic games. Where they were kind of m mixing mix game with a digital computer game. So I think it worked really well for that. I think a lot of people probably remember this game. Every time I have a conversation about this game, I get responses. Not not all the game. <laughs> like, Key to the Kingdom, people are like, well, I've never heard of that. But Omega Virus, I feel like there's a lot more response to. And I honestly would not be surprised if they, they, if someone 
does a remake of this game at some point. Cool. I mean, I don't, I don't really remember any of these electronic, like analog electronic mm-hmm. games. But I mean, I didn't hang out with nerds. Right. So. Well, I've been one my whole life. I mean, clearly, I was a nerd. I did things like role play games. Apparently, and yeah. just didn't realize that's what I was doing. But oh, I was a nerd too. But oh, John D. Oh, what? You know how I was making a joke about how someone should remake this game? Mm-hmm. There's a uh, trademark. Registered for it? That I just found. <laughs> Is it Restoration It's games? Restoration Games. <laughs> Omega Virus. Cool. The software for interfacing with the tabletop games, downloadable software in the nature of mobile application for interface... Okay. Mm-hmm. For interfacing with a tabletop game, downloadable electronic game... Software for use on mobile and cellular phones, interactive game software. So, I'm sure someone else has already talked about this. Some other, you know, board game people have already discovered this. But yeah, um, it looks like they are interested in doing. In doing. In doing. Yeah. Cool. It was it was issued. There's a no, I mean, this is a notice of allowance. So that means that the trademark people are like, yep, that looks good. Sounds good. The class that it's under is under games and playthings, gymnastics and sporting articles not included in other classes. That's why your copy still has all the pieces. Mm. If you gave it to like two children, then you're, then the copy would not have all the pieces anymore. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, I'm not going to do that. I don't actually even know why I have a copy of Hungry Hunt. You have a lot of the games that you have. That's a fair question, John D. And I think we'll talk about that on the next episode of Eat Shit and Dice. <laughs> no, we will not. We will not. That's fair. I don't think you want to have your uh, board game collection habit uh, examined. Oh, we already do that. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we already do that. <laughs> All right, moving on. Fireball Island. Fireball Island. Um, in, I would say, about a month, you'll be able to buy a new copy of this game. The original Fireball Island was a... I, it, roll and move is the correct term for it, but... It, it was a roll and move... Up until you got to the point where someone had the crystals and were trying to escape from the island, and then it just turned into a take that kind of game where you just had to chase people down. So tell me the premise of the game, because I I don't really, other than the fact that everybody was like, oh, Fireball Island, and I hadn't played it before, so I didn't look at the Kickstarter. Sure. I don't know anything about it. So it comes with a giant 3D island yeah and i've seen that large molded injection molded plastic and at the top there's this tiki head and he's got a marble so you can rotate that and you can knock the marble out of his mouth and it'll go down the path and it'll knock down everybody that's there unless you're in a safe spot where it'll to collect i think it's three gems and escape from the island or maybe it's just one gem i don't remember for sure because it's been, well, it hasn't been as that. Uh, it has not been as long as it should have been. Maybe and I played it at Geekway. Um, but yeah, it's not a good game. I mean, it's better than some of the other games that we've talked about today. <laughs> it's a lot better than <laughs> some of the other hard. games. That's not hard. But but yeah, you've got cards. You can move the little tiki head around and knock the marble down. That's. I guess a fireball. <laughs> and uh, he can knock down bridges. But yeah, you're just trying to get stuff and escape from the island. Okay. And then the Restoration Games version, I assume, they have added some more rules. So it's not just, okay, well, someone is winning. Let's everybody gang up on them and try to stop them. 1986. That's the same year that Legend of Zelda came out. Okay. Guess you just have that knowledge in your head. I do have that knowledge in my head. Of course you do. But yeah, you can, I mean, you can still find copies of the old version on eBay, but. mm. Don't buy them. Maybe not don't buy them. They are quite expensive for complete copies in good shape. Just buy the new one. I mean, look, if you want to spend $300 on a board game from 1986 that is essentially just a kind of crappy roll-and-move with very little strategy or depth, go ahead and buy it. Or, 
or by the Restoration Games version. We already know that they take games that are kind of crappy and improve them, update them for a modern audience, and release them. That's fair. So just buy their version. <clears throat> yep. Not a sponsor. You just like their stuff. I do. Oh, that's fair. A lot of people do. Yeah. So Risk is one. Now, I got. I have to preface this Which by saying... Which version of Risk? Just Risk. I mean, to be fair, they didn't start making, like, going crazy with making a lot of different versions of Risk until later on. Mm, I don't know. Castle Risk. Well, say what you're going to say. Well, okay. So I'm just prefacing it by saying I don't have recollections of playing Risk a bunch as a child. I did not play Risk the first time until I was in my 20s. Okay. I put it in the list because a lot of people, when I started talking, I, I kind of crowdsourced my list and t- asked other people to tell me games that they remembered playing when they were kids in like the 80s and such. And Risk was one of the ones that several people named. So I put it on the list. Um, I've only played Risk once in my entire life. And oddly enough, it was when I went to New Orleans for Mardi Gras. So You know what? We should play Castle Risk sometime. Okay. But yeah, I'm a big enough nerd that I was in New Orleans for Mardi Gras and I sat down and played Risk. So <laughs> yeah. Um, so I've played Risk one time ever and it was enough times that I don't ever want to play it again, but I did win. So. All right. Let me, let me briefly talk to you about Castle Risk. It's not on the list, but I believe if we're going to talk about Risk, we should talk about the 1986 may have been the first retheming of Risk. Um, in 1990, which the version that I have that's in the basement, I know exactly where it is. You, it came with Risk and Castle Risk in the same box. Okay. So it was two for one, basically. Um, so Castle Risk, instead of just having a map with the whole world on it and the goal is to you know, dominate as much as the planet as you can, um, Castle Risk has two castles on opposite sides of the board. Um, or I guess more if you're playing with more players, but like if, if it's just you and I playing... Um, and the goal is to capture your opponent's castles so that you're the last remaining player in the game. So you get combat men the same way that you do in Risk. The dice rolling for combat is exactly the same. I mean, you, you have cards that let you do modifiers. So mm-hmm. actually, it's a much better version of Risk. I just don't understand why every retheme of Risk that comes out now is a retheme of Risk, and none of them are a castle Risk. Hmm. Like the Doctor Who one that came out. I think that would have worked okay as a variant of castle risk instead of hmm. just regular risk. But what do right. I know? Right, right. If you're going to play risk, play a different version of risk. Yeah. Like play um, the Godstorm version or the Lord of the Rings version or 2022 or whatever it is. 22. Which we've talked about that one before. <sighs> regular risk. There's nothing wrong with it. There's just better games to play. Yes, there's even better versions of Risk to play. <laughs> yeah, as you've just pointed out. I mean, there's probably, I don't know, what do you want to say? Over 100 different rethemes of Risk? Oh, God, easily. For a while, I was buying uh, some of them. I'd have to look on my BGG collection to see if I even own a copy of Risk anything. I mean, I probably do. But... I think there's probably even like a Nightmare Before Christmas Risk at this point. I wouldn't be surprised. Now I'm curious to see if I own. I honestly don't know. I mean, Risk as a game is fine. If you enjoy playing it, if you enjoy playing a war game, dudes on a map. I mean, that's fair. I'm not going to make fun of you for liking it. No, no. I'll make fun of you more for liking Catan. I mean, and Risk Legacy was... I, I don't I don't even know what words to say about Risk Legacy. If Risk Legacy didn't come out, think about how different some games would be. You know, I mean, the legacy genre of games is oh, pretty cool. I do own a copy of Risk. I own Risk, the Star Trek 50th anniversary ah, edition. See, there you go. Um, I don't know. If you're going to buy Risk in 2018, I recommend getting one of the... Whether that be Risk 2210, a Risk Godstorm... Um, and I don't know that Target still has them, but they had a a game called Risk Battlefield Rogue that I think was based off of the video game. But it included some changes to combat that made it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. 
still not great, but it has like squad based combat rather than the regular combat. So, I mean, it, it made it a little bit different. I, I, I mean, Risk came out in the 50s. Think about how much gaming has changed since the 50s, John D. Right. That's my rant about Risk. <laughs> oh gosh, we are we are taking our sweet time here. Maybe we should uh, maybe we should speed up a little <laughs> bit in some of these. First comment on the Star Trek 50th anniversary Risk. Um, as a big fan of Star Trek, this is not a great version of Risk. The theme makes no sense, and the public goal cards are widely unbalanced in terms of ease of fulfillment. So the already high degree of luck and risk is only magnified by the luck of the draw. Well, there you go. Um, did you play Mall Madness? Uh, no. Okay. Well, my sister, I think, I think it was hers. I don't think it was mine. We had electronic Mall Madness. Um, it was basically Mall Madness, but with a computer that told you where sales were. Oh, my God. And you could use a, a debit card. Wow. Or, I guess, credit card. I don't know. Probably um, a credit card. Here's the deal. If you come across this game in the wild right now, buy it. Here's why. You know that Zombies game? Zombies with, like, three exclamation marks? Oh, yeah. It's published by... Um, Twilight Creation House? Mm, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. You should buy Mall Madness and use it as a map in that game. Oh. There's variant rules online to play Mall Madness zombies. With zombies. Yeah. That's, That's all I have to say about Mall Madness. That sounds fun. I mean, Mall Madness is not a good game. You push a button, it tells you where to go. You go there. You spend your fake money. Um, but now I want to play. I want to. I want to play zombies with. Right. With this map. I've I've got a copy of Electronic Mall Madness in that room. Dude, we need to play zombies with it. Yeah, maybe. All right. Clue. There's not a lot Clue. to say about Clue. Yeah. I mean, who done it in what room with what weapon? It it had its place. Um, it's not a bad game. It's not a good game. I mean, it's a classic. That's yeah. really all that we can say about Clue. Yeah. Um, if you're going to play Clue, just play Dr. Mis Lucky. Or Mysterium. Yeah. I mean, Dr. Lucky, the, the Dr. Lucky games are, I think... A direct replacement. Like it's feel. the kind of figure it out part. Yeah, yeah. Um, Doctor Lucky is a game where you move around. If, if you're playing Kill Doctor Lucky, you want to kill this guy where no one can see you. If you're playing Save Doctor Lucky, you want to make sure you can see him at all times. It, it's like a prequel to Clue, but just play it instead. <laughs> yeah, and if you want to solve solve a mystery and figure out who you know who did it in what room with what weapon, play Mysterium. Yeah. Uh, 13 Dead End Drive. I've heard of that one. Yeah, um, it's we've sort talked of mouse about it before. Yeah. You built, you had to pre-build these contraptions. You moved them around. There were lots of booby traps. If you moved your character onto a trap space, you had to spring the trap if you had the corresponding card. Um, so, you know, you can make a statue fall on someone or, you know, whatever. Fire, fireplace them. Yeah, this is one that's actually been on my list of games that I'd like to try just because a lot of people are very, um, they kind of romanticize mm -hmm. it from their kid, from their kidhood, from their childhood. Well, I think it was cool because it had multiple ways to win. So right. if you were the last surviving character, you won. If you escaped from the mansion while your picture was on above the mantle, you won. Um, and if when the detective finally came to figure out what the heck was going on, if your picture was up, you won. So... It's kind of cool. I mean, there weren't a lot of games back then. The only other game that was like that was Mousetrap, and only because it had the traps. Right, right. So, Trivial Pursuit is one that my family played a lot um, in the 80s. What a terrible game. Trivia games are never good. I still like Trivial Pursuit. Well, I take that back. The only trivia game that I like is Wits and Wagers. I like that one, too. I still like Trivial Pursuit. Um, so... I have the Power Rangers version of Trivial Pursuit, and it has some incorrect information in it. There's really? typos. Now, I, I understand. You know, as the times change, answers will change. So yeah. it's just the first 20 years of Power Rangers. Right. But when it says, like, what was the name of the original Blue Mighty Morphin Power Ranger? 
and the answer is Billy Cranston. But Billy Cranston is not one of the options on the card. Oops. <laughs> so we had this Disney version of Truly Bull because it had two sets of, of question um, boxes. One was a children's set of questions and one was the an adult set. So that um, when you were playing with the family, if it was kids answering the questions, then you could ask the kids cards. And then if it was adult, so that, you know, you could all play together, but it, but you could basically have a different level of difficulty depending on the age of the person oh, playing. Okay. I, I, so I thought that was really a cool game because we could all play together and, and nobody was like, you know, at a disadvantage because they were younger. Okay. So I thought that was really cool. Of course, I think we still have that copy, but of course, you know, it's really dated because... Right. You know, things have changed. Yes, that that is one of my main problems with trivia games. That right. and theoretically, you could memorize the answers. Right. But I do I do still like Trivial Pursuit. And, you know, trivia games are really going to be subjective because a lot of people like you aren't going to like trivia games because yeah. it's just not their thing. Right. Um, my mother-in-law loves trivia games. I hate playing them with her because she's way smarter than I am. Just play Wits and Wagers because <laughs> then you don't have to know I the did. answers. We played Wits and Wagers with, with um, my my husband's family and they actually really loved it. So, um, I need to actually own a copy of that game. Cause I think I borrowed it from you when I went and played. Oh with yes. Them. Um, do we really have to talk about this one that you have here? Do we really, let's, well, let's, I figured it was worth mentioning cause you can't talk about the eighties and not mention uh, that one. Well, uh, might as well say it now. Yeah. So monopoly, yeah. I'm, you can't talk about the eighties and not, that's mention all it. I have to say about monopoly yeah. is, yep. We've talked about it before. Um, Yeah. If you love Monopoly, please stop listening to this podcast. <laughs> no, no I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. You can love Monopoly. It's just we weren't going to talk to you anymore. Um, um, okay. So VHS tapes. My were, husband loves Monopoly, by the way. Wow. Um, VHS tapes were super a thing in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, there were lots of VHS tape games. Yeah. Um, the one that I have somewhere around here, I think it's in... I think it's in one of the footlockers in the basement. Um, Nightmare. There was also one called Atmosphere, spelled with fear, like F-E-A-R. Uh-huh. Same, same sort of idea. Um, you would pop in this VHS tape, and you'd have to move around. You'd have to go around the board, and sometimes the VCR would interrupt your game and tell you to do something. Okay. <sighs> I am glad these games don't exist anymore. There was a game where DVD games were a thing. Oh. Like Trivial Pursuit with DVD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's one that I have that was, um, like, it's Trivial Pursuit 1980s edition, like 1980s music video edition, mm-hmm. which my mom bought me because she knows that I love 80s music. <laughs> um, it's kind of cool, but uh, it's the only part of the game that we actually had fun was the music videos part. Right. Because it would be like, what was the name of the key grip operator from Europe's final countdown video? Like who, who cares? Who, who knows that? <laughs> Those are the questions where you're like, um, please tell me there's a multiple choice and I can just pick one. Right. But then it would be like, all right, can you name that song? And it would play like two seconds of a music video and you'd go like, Oh, that's Europe's final countdown. Right. And then you get the points. That was the cool part of that. Nightmare or at didn't have cool parts. It would just be like, okay, everybody stop because the VCR hit 33 minutes and 12 oh, seconds. Geez. So here we go. Okay. Whoever is the blue character moves to this room now. Okay. If you're on this square, this thing happens to you. Okay, cool. As a kid, this was the coolest thing. <laughs> this was so cool. When I was when I was like 10 years old or 8 years old or whatever, and we played this game, I was like, oh, this is really cool. As an adult, someone bought a copy of this like to give me as a gift. And I was like, wow, I remember playing this game. Thank you. I appreciate this gift. This is really cool. We're never going to play it. <laughs> you just were like, I'm <laughs> glad I have this, but I'm not playing it. I, I think he got it at a yard sale for like $5. Yeah. But yeah. I have seen this game recently for sale somewhere for $50. Oh God. Um, so our local game store actually still has VHS games on their shelves. That's where I'm talking about. Yeah. They have a copy. I don't know if they still do, but they at least had a copy of Nightmare and they wanted $50 for it. Oh, they still have God. that Star Wars VCR game they want yeah. $50 for. Yeah. No one's ever going to buy that. No. They're never going to discount it either. No. It's going to sit there forever. Yes. Um, Do you remember the most memorable commercial for a board game in the 80s or maybe the 90s? 
the game came out in 71, so I don't remember when the commercial was. But I, I mean, I have the 70s version. Tell me about the commercial. Well, you'll get caught up in it. Ah, uh, you know. Okay, here's clue number two. Huh. Mm-mm. Who? Guess two. Um, I just want to throw out Loop and Louie. We've talked about Loop we and Louie a million times, Louis, but, but Loop and Louie definitely actually belongs on this list. This yeah. might be the first list that we've done <laughs> that, you that actually he belongs. Yeah, because you, you, Jared likes to talk about Loop and Louie. Yeah. Anytime he can come up with even the dumbest reason to throw it on there. At some point, I'm going to 3D print a bracket that lets me kitbash two Loop and Louie games together to make an eight-player game. Oh, my God. Yep. Okay, what's this? Perfection? That's not a game. It... It's as much a game as any of these uh, any of these other 80s <laughs> games are. Come on. I guess so. It's as much a game as Guess Who is. Okay. Well, I mean, it. I guess if you want to put it in a category, it's a speed slash dexterity game. Yeah, yeah, you could do that. So this game used to scare the crap out of me when I was a kid. Jump scare? Yes. So anybody that has not played Perfection, it you it, it was like this thing. You would push the entire board down it was kind of a electronic it was spring-loaded with a yeah, like spring kitchen with timer a, with, yeah and you would have all these shape pieces and you would have to as quickly as you can try to get all the shape pieces where they go on the board before it popped up and all your pieces would go basically flying out of the board and for for a kid that kind of had a little bit of anxiety going on anyway and you'd be trying to play this game but you know at any moment it's gonna Pop it's up. like a jack-in-the-box. Yeah. But you don't... like it doesn't the gross food. But you don't know... It's not like it has an actual time. You just hear it making the timer sound. The one that I played had a... I mean, you could see the timer. Yeah, the one I had didn't. Mm. So you didn't know exactly when it was going to click down. You just knew at some point it was going to pop up. And yep. you didn't know when... Like, what, where your time was. So it was real kind of anxiety. Wasn't great for anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> My mom loved it. Um, and, but even watching people play it, like just really got me. So yeah, perfection. Um, I just want to really quickly talk about this. I didn't bother looking it up on BGG. I know it's a real game. Pizza party. Um, you had like four pizza paddle things and it was the slice and you basically had to play memory to get all of your pieces, all of your, they were like pogs. Okay. And you had to find your pieces. So if you were playing as pepperoni, all the face down pieces you had to flip over until you found a pepperoni and then put I it in I gotta tell you, that sounds better than actual memory. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's just memory, but with pizza theme. Not a game. <laughs> Memory's not really a game. What I wrote was, didn't look on BGG, but it had little pogs that you shoved into the pizza slices to basically play memory question mark. Basically what you just said. Yeah. Uh-huh. <clears throat> not a game. Yeah. Oh, whoops, I skipped. But you know what was a game, and I still don't hate it? Sorry. Oh. Okay. So, sorry, not sorry. Yeah. Yeah, sorry wasn't a bad game. It's based on a different game. It was it. I didn't know that. Uh-huh. Sorry is basically Pachisi. Oh, it is kind of based on Parcheesi. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really liked Sorry. Uh, it was it was a fun little game. It's it's a it's not a roll and move, but it's a what, a card? You, I mean you kind of mm. used cards for your for your rolls. Yeah, I mean, it's a, yeah, I think it still counts as a roll and move. I think it still counts as a roll and move, even though you're picking up cards. cards. Yeah, I mean, yeah. basically, you've got your four pieces. You have to get around the board and get your four pieces from your start spot up into the finish position. Um, but when you get to that finish position, the exact number to get them where they need yeah. to go. It's it's pachisi, but for children. Yeah, it's fun. I I. I would still, I mean, there's better games, of course, but occasionally for, for reminiscing reasons, you could probably convince me to play a game of Sorry. Did you know that we have a copy of Sorry in our, in the ECAD library? I did know yeah. that. You can play it whenever you want. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog card game. I put this on here because I played the crap out of this. So when I was a little kid, my grandparents had a boat and we would have to drive like two hours to go to where the boat would go to the lake that it was on because mm-hmm. we didn't want to we didn't want to boat on the gross river here so my grandparents had this van that was a converted van and it had like tables and chairs inside like the old 80s van yeah 
So we they would play. They were super nice. Yeah. We would play the Pac-Man board game. I remember the Pac-Man board game. It had like marbles uh-huh. and stuff. And yeah. the Sonic the Hedgehog card game. I didn't know that existed. But I remember the Pac-Man one. I put the Sonic Hedgehog, Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog card game on here because I feel like this one's less known than the Pac-Man board game. It was not a good game, as many games from 1992 were. <laughs> it was basically, you would just kind of flip over cards and see what happened. <laughs> you had to collect either the most gold rings or all six Chaos Emeralds before all six zones were played. So basically, before Sonic got through all six levels, quote unquote levels, you had to try to get them. I'm looking on BGG right now. There are... Two people that have it as owned. I'm one of them. (laughs) I'm missing two cards from mine. If you have this game in a closet somewhere, I need three golden ring cards and one buzz bomber card, and I will pay you for them. So if you have those, please tweet to us. (laughs) Help Jared's quest to complete his game. I mean, look, at some point, at some point, I'll go to like drive through cards and I'll just print my own. But that's not the same. It's no, not the same it's thing. Not. It's not. But yeah, this game, I remember playing the crap out of this game. But I can't in good conscience say this is a good game. If you want a good Sonic game, there are two coming out later this year. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, you, uh, you don't want to talk about Shoots and Ladders or Candyland? Well, I will mention them quickly. I hate these games. Yeah. I hate both of them so, so very much. I can't say... There's, there's not enough hatred to say how much I hate these games. I don't even recall liking them as a child because these are the kinds of games where you actually feel like you've gotten somewhere and then all of a sudden you're knocked like all the way back to the stinking beginning because you drew one stupid card or landed in one crappy spot that wow. made you go backwards. Yep, you, you sounds like you love these games. Do you <laughs> want to hear something crazy? The amount of people that play Shoots and Ladders on Tabletop Simulator is ridiculously high. Seriously? Huh? Uh-huh. Well, they play the, like, snakes and ladders. But, yeah, there's a lot of people that play shoots and ladders on I've watched TDS. it irritate the crap out of children because they'll, like, be doing really good and they'll land at the top yep. of a... You uh, land on that 99 yes. and it takes you all the way back down to, like, yes. two. Like, this, this, these yep. games are not good for children. They're not good for anybody. No. These are crappy games. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they are. The art is cute <laughs> on, on, on Candyland. Do you know what game I do like? Dizzy Dizzy Dinosaur. I like Run Freeze Fun. Yeah. And that game's fun once or twice. It's still it's still Candyland, but it's mean Candyland. Well, in 1987, a game was released called Dizzy Dizzy Dinosaur that I showed you. Yeah, you did. Like two hours ago. Yeah, you did. Uh, it's a roll and move, but occasionally you have to wind up this dinosaur that spins around randomly. Well, it's not random. It, there's a mechanism in it. It spins. The little a little thing comes down, goes up and down, that makes it spin. Um, I you know what the coolest thing about that dinosaur is it's one of those like those toys that were so popular in the '80s that is covered in like velvet. Uh, yeah, it's flocked. Yeah. Yeah. Continue. Con- mm. con- yeah. Is that is that is that it? Yeah, that's oh, just okay. what I thought was cool about it. Um. Okay. Well, yeah, it's. You have to get your dino. Uh, I'm sorry, your cavemen from your start to. I guess they're going to a volcano. There's a volcano in the middle of the board. I don't know why your cavemen are trying to go there. They're going to sacrifice their virgin. I, I don't know that they will do that, <laughs> but okay. That's what cavemen did. Oh, okay. Um, and then I have to mention Pretty Pretty Princess as well. I used to take this to Anime Central and get large groups of adult men to play this game. Of course you did. Um. And then there's one one other thing that I have to mention that I, I sent a text like three hours ago and I just got a response. Um, she could not remember the name of this game. Kat played this game in her childhood that she said was not a good game, but she wants a copy of it. it she could not remember the name of it, but she got it now. It's called Hey, Hey, Which Way? Question mark. And it's a roll and move game where you uh, are a witch, I think. And you're moving around and collecting gold. She said it sucked. It is not a good game. <laughs> but, it, but she has fond memories, so yes. she wants to own yes. it. Yes. Um, her story, and I, I'm, I'm going to try to get this right, is that she would play it and other people could play it because they would just tell her, like, okay, 
spin the spinner and see what happens. And, oh, okay, I got a three. Well, move me then. So her mom could play this game with her without actually being in the room. That is <laughs> so often the way that um, my that adults play board games with kids in the 80s. They'd be like, okay, um, I got red. Move me to a red spot. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. So my goal, I'm going to try to hunt down a copy of this game and we're going to play it sometime. Uh, so if you have a game called Hey, Hey, Which Way and you want like 10 bucks for it, there are seven people on BGG that own it. So maybe I'll, I don't know, maybe I will uh, reach out to them and see if I can get a copy of it. Found it. Yeah. $25 on eBay. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Um, okay, so as we've talked about, we don't do recipes every single episode anymore because it was just a lot of trouble for John D to make a new recipe every every single day. Not every day. Um, we do have a couple people that are going to start contributing recipes to us at some point whenever we do some reorganization. Yeah, but we're making those promises. It may never happen. That's true. But let's talk about food. Yeah, so we're talking about you know things that we remember fondly as kids. So I thought it would be kind of fun to talk about some of our favorite foods as kids. So... Um, Jared, what were some of the things that you remember fondly eating when you were a kid? When I was a kid, the only restaurant I ever wanted to go to was Shoney's. Oh my God, I remember Shoney's. I loved Shoney's. Yeah. My parents um, were okay with going there because they had a, they had like the salad bar, like buffet. Mm -hmm. And I would actually, you know, I would actually eat at it, which now as an adult, I think buffets are gross. Um, probably for the same reason as a kid, I loved them because I could go up there and eat whatever I wanted. Now I'm like, oh my God, kids can go up there and like touch all the food and yep. gross. But when I was a kid, I just, I just wanted to go to Shoney's all the time. Oh my God. I loved Shoney's. You know, there's still a Shoney's around here. They, yes, they still exist. Yeah, there are not yeah. very many of them. No, there's not, there aren't. Um, I've been to one fairly recently and the, you know, the food's still not bad. I'm trying to see if there's, if there's still... Um, as of 2016, there were around 150 company-owned and franchise Shoney's restaurants in 17 states. Yep. So they still exist. They do. Not anywhere near what they used to, but... Yeah, I've, uh, been, I've been to one not too... Within the last, like, year to year and a half, I've been to one. Oh, um, I didn't know this. Originally, the original Shoney's started off as a big boy franchise. I did not know that. In West Virginia. I had no idea. Yeah. And then huh. I guess the guy was like, oh, I want to leave big boys. I don't want a big boy anymore. I want a bear. Because the, oh, the Shoney's Shoney bear. bear. Yeah. Yep. I did really, really like Shoney's as a kid. Um, you know, when I was a kid, I, I loved peanut butter and jelly. And I still really do as an adult. So that's mm -hmm. kind of something that hasn't changed. So, and around here, we actually have a restaurant that, oddly enough, makes a really good peanut butter and jelly sandwich, which you would think... You know, what's so special about peanut butter and jelly? You can just make peanut butter and jelly at Are you home. talking about the one that has the strawberries? Yeah. And, yeah. Because mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. um, they put, like, strawberries and jelly on there. And then they put, like, sprinkled peanuts on top of the yep. peanut butter. Um, so, you know, sometimes when, you know, I, I really like burgers. Burgers are probably my favorite food in the entire world. But occasionally I'll like actually. their burgers. Yeah, their burgers are just kind of meh. But uh, their peanut butter and jelly is actually really good, and it's weird that their chili I would five say ways that. or yeah or seven ways whatever whatever you want yeah which if you're not from the Midwest that means um, spaghetti yeah with it does. chili on it yep which is real good <laughs> it's a little weird but but yeah so peanut butter and jelly was was a staple food when I was well, for a lot of people mm -hmm. um, that has carried over to something I actually still like as an adult. Um, but yeah, so that was something that I enjoyed and my mom could actually get me to eat on a fairly regular basis and Kool-Aid. Uh, I yeah. loved, I loved the Kool-Aid. Um, like Ecto Cooler. You remember Ecto Cooler? I do remember Ecto Cooler. <laughs> they brought it back a few years ago, but it did, did, did not taste the same to me. I used to argue with my mom. Oh, do you remember the Kool-Aid that like the white, the, the one it was white and it was minty? It had like no. minty taste. No, I don't. It was gross. That. Now I used to argue with my mom because she would buy the generic Kool Aid, and I used to argue with her that it did not taste oh, the yeah, same. Oh yeah, no, it didn't. And Kool Aid ice. No, I don't remember that. 
She also used to buy sugar-free Kool-Aid, and I used to argue with her that that did not taste the same either, but she would argue that if I wanted Kool-Aid, that I was either getting the sugar-free Kool-Aid or I wasn't getting it at all, so I would settle for the sugar-free Kool-Aid. Okay, yeah, here we go. Uh, It was lemon ice Kool-Aid, so it had some sort of mint in it. So what it says is, Kool-Aid lemon ice is a refreshing flavor. It tingles in your mouth when you take a breath. Cool. Discontinued in 2007? It lasted way longer than I thought. It sounds awful. So were you drinking like lemon toothpaste? Um, no, it just had like a, like a menthol. (laughs) So lemon cigarettes? (laughs) Gross. Look, I don't know. Okay. We were, we were all real dumb in the eighties. Okay. (laughs) Everybody was, everybody had perms. Yeah. Yeah. Top gun. Hey, Top Gun was a Top good Gun movie. was the 90s. Yeah, it, it was, was like 1991. Um, Dirty Dancing. Oh, I'm sorry, Top Gun was 86. Dirty Dancing. Everybody was in the dirt. That was 80s. Do you remember Days of Thunder? No. The it was basically Top Gun but race cars. <laughs> no, I don't remember that. Yeah, Days of Thunder came out in 1990. Um, Hardy's. You know, before they rebranded, they they had like a kids meal, and you could get little NASCAR cars from Days of Thunder, little like Matchbox cars that were NASCAR. And man, I used to go to Hardee's all the time and demanding to get those. But uh, yeah, I don't think uh, they're they're making a sequel to Top Gun, or they did already make a sequel to Top Gun. I'm not sure. I'm a little confused about that. I'm not going to Google it, but I don't think they'll make a sequel to Days of Thunder. I mean, they, they already made a sequel to Days of Thunder. It was called Cars 3. Lightning McQueen died. Okay, what's our Kickstarter? <laughs> what's our Kickstarter? Well, so I have mentioned several times that... We've both mentioned several times. That one of my favorite um, designers or instant buy um, games for me are Red, anything by Red Raven Games. Yes. So uh, when I saw on their Facebook page that I, they had a new Kickstarter up, I immediately <laughs> went to it and... I'm going to be backing this. It's called The Ancient World. Yes. Um, the Ancient World is a reprint of an older game of theirs. I think um, it's a 2004 game. 2004, Sorry, 14. 2014 Jeez, game. 2004. So 2014. This is, this is a second edition of a 2014 game of theirs. Yes. Um, that was a... And now, I full disclosure, did not back this game the first time it came around. Because one of my friends was getting it, and I was like, eh, "I don't have money right now. I'll just play their copy." Right. Um, so the game is a um, it's a card drafting set collection worker placement game. Um, and to be honest, when I first looked at the Kickstarter, I didn't know anything about it because the video just talks about what's different. Yeah, it just has the updated. Um, what's updated about it. So I had actually had to actually go do some more research because I was like, well, that's great. I'm glad they're doing all these updates. What's the game about? Because I didn't know anything about it. I didn't. I only discovered Red Raven games like, what, two years ago? Mm-hmm. So I didn't know anything about the game. It's beautiful. It has the same style of art that all of their other games have. Um, I have full confidence that it's a good game because I think all of their games are good games. So yeah, I have, that's true. <laughs> yeah. All of them that I've played, I've really enjoyed. Yeah. Like I don't think they make bad games. I think if, if you like worker placement games with or set collection games or card draft drafting games, then, you know, this is going to be a good game for you. If you have the first edition, there is an update pack upgrade pack, I guess is what they're calling yeah. it. That um, gives you, Everything that you would need to replace your first edition content with second edition content. It does not come with a new board. It just says like, hey, um, ignore the old icons on the board. Yeah, it's going to have which like... Which is fine. They're going to have metal coins, which is something that they really like to do with their Kickstarter mm-hmm. editions of games. And their, their coins are always really nice quality. Um, it's going to have like... It's a game that has Titans. I think Titans yeah. are super cool. Um so yeah, I'm really, really excited about this one. I think it's... Yeah, it looks pretty cool. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess that's all from me. So, John D., until next time... You can eat chit and dice. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>